Yeah, I won't say it. My big dirty secret. I'm an Alabama fan. Happy oh, no. I was just so shocked when I realized that they didn't show music videos on MTV anymore. That was I know. Really, what the heck? Yeah. Like, well, then why are why do you exist? This episode of the Big Blue Podcast, we get on the level with Jody. All right, so today on the broadcast, we have Jody Level. Jody, what's going on? Well, I, today I just happened to be mowing uh, some grass earlier and sweating like a pig. I've kind of <laughs> forgotten what humidity was until I moved back here to Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, that's what I was doing today. Well, you moved back here to Tennessee. Well, where did you move from real quickly? Uh, I was in Colorado from 2008 until 2018. Oh, yeah, Colorado. Now, that's where they smoked that wacky weed, right? Some people do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, but uh, I did all that kind of stuff uh, way back. Oh, we're going to get to way back. We're going to go on the way back machine, actually, and talk about yeah. that. So you're settled now. How long have you been back in uh, in the big the volunteer state? Uh, 2018, right at the end of the year. Uh, it was right at the start of November of 2018. Okay, so you had to come back. There's just something about uh, this place, right? Well, family in particular. Uh, our father passed away in 2015. No, I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah. Well, we're at that age, you know. It, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but uh and shortly after of course mom was in shock and grief for uh, quite a while after that but she was also diagnosed with alzheimer's and there were there were a lot of symptoms going on before but Mm -hmm. uh, at that point where we had the diagnosis and knew already she had two older sisters who had already passed from it and uh, Mm. i knew that my older sister as good as she is uh she would need uh, help and uh, i wanted to be here Right, right. Well, that's admirable. You know, family first is what they say. And, yeah. you know, it sounds like, you know, we're called, what, the sandwich generation? Uh, we have older yeah. adults. We have children. Some of us have children. Um, yeah, like my, my sister's a boomer, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, w- w- I'm right on that edge. Well, you are too, of course. Uh, we're either Gen X or boomers, depending on how, who you ask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm I'm one of those Oreo cookies without the bottom, so I'm just like I'm sliding on my cream, I guess, in these years because I don't have any kids to worry about. <laughs> Vic, you and I could probably go down there uh, a, a, a bad road here real quick to keep like that. Yeah, well, you know, I saw this thing about Oreo cookies. I used to do in trainings. The way you eat an Oreo cookie determines your personality. You know. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's pretty. What if funny. you don't eat Oreo cookies? I'm not really a big fan of them. Well, it, you wouldn't get to play. Um, we put you in the corner, and the other of us in the mm. training would have fun without you. <laughs> well, now that's just the story of my life, isn't it? <laughs> all right, let's talk about the story of your life because that's what this podcast is all about—to find out what happened to all of us. It's been what forty coming on years now. So you're yeah. back in Tennessee. You came from Colorado. We're going to get into that. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your current station in life here in the volunteer state. What kind of things are going on? Are you retired? Are you working with your family you mentioned? So mm-hmm. talk about kids too briefly, and then we're going to go back in time. 
Well, I, I ended up not getting married, and I, I have no kids, but okay. I do have nieces and nephews, and I, I, I love them a lot. Um, so that, you know, for some of us, that, that those things just didn't uh, pan out in life. Um, so I do have uh, most of my nieces and nephews are here. Actually, I just have two nieces. One of them lives in Florida right now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the level name got to continue. Uh, my brother, older brother's uh, kids all went through Farragut. So. Okay, cool. Now tell me about that last name spelling. It's a little different. I have a weird first name yeah. spelling, but level, to me, I mean, it's not on the real normal level that I'm used to. Where, where does that spelling come from? Well, the best that we can determine from other uh, family members that have done research and all that, it was uh, French and it was Lavelle, okay. L. V-E-L-L and mm-hmm. maybe on it, you know, how spelling used to not be very standardized. Yeah. And uh, within one generation after coming to America, it took on its current spelling and it's been like that ever since. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, for people who pulled up your uh, podcast and their platform, they'll see that spelling and now they'll know what we're, what we're talking about. L-E-A. Yeah, because... I, I know I'd let everybody go on. They'd say, "Hey, level or level or anything." Like that. <laughs> I'd be like, eh, "Whatever." Well, there was a famous astronaut named Jim Lovell. Um, right. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that they went to the moon and all, but we won't go down that rabbit trail, right? You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the thing about going down the rabbit hole is you may hit your head on a few carrots if you're not careful. <laughs> yes, that that is true. All right, so let's talk about this. You are a single man, didn't get married, um, so you Correct. got a lot of independence, floating around, doing different things, doing your own thing a lot of times. Um, and like I tell people previously, you know, that's this life, your next life. You may have nineteen children, you know, and you may be the oldest one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, let's go back a little bit in time in the wayback machine. Uh, sure. All right, this is my boy Sherman. Uh, hit it, Sherman. Gee, Mr. Peabody, where are we going now? Same place, 1982, Jody. Okay, so here it is. It's graduation day, June the yep. 2nd. You threw your hat in the air. You gave your marble to the staff on yep. stage, and you know, okay, it oh, goes yeah. rolling. Um, what did you do out of high school? What was your goal in life? Where'd you go? Well, if, if for those that might have remember it, I, I was an oddball that I, I had already decided what I wanted to do, uh, probably in grade school, I guess. It's kind of hard to remember exactly, but definitely in high school, I, I wanted to be an architect is what I said, right? So I immediately started to architecture school that fall of 82 mm-hmm. and almost completed that. Uh, but uh, then, you know, fate played a hand and you know life uh changed and i am not an architect i'll just put it that way okay well you know i wanted to be an astronaut but i'm glad that didn't pan out <laughs> yeah so you didn't have, what what did you do instead since the archi- ar- architect kind of went away you know it was like frank lloyd wrong thing for you to yep. do um so what what did you do what was your mile high building you designed in another field uh, computer support primarily. I, I like to think of myself as that, like that first generation in the early 1900s that became the mechanics for the new fangled automobile. Yeah, uh, that's what I I did. 
and it was out of the blue for me. I didn't really ever see myself being in that, but I. No, uh, but wait a minute. I'm I'm confused. I'm sorry. That went that just zoomed right past me. The newfangled well, yeah, thing for the automobile. And did you say 1900s? Explain yourself, please. Well, uh, sure, sure. Okay, so the computer industry, uh, as we know it today, primarily centered around uh, individual use of computers, right? Not these giant mainframes. Right. Just limited to institutions. Uh, you know, began in the 80s, right? And really took off in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I say I fell in love with the computer in 1991. I bought my first one. Okay. And in buying that first one, I started learning quite a bit about it, how to, to you know manage it, fix it, support it. And I had a good friend who had already started doing consulting business, and he taught me a whole lot. Well, by 1995, I had a job that was 50% computer support, 50% uh, CAD work, which is uh, computer automated drafting. And uh, following that job, I got a job in computer support directly, 100%, and that's what I ended up doing um, since. Okay. So you, you, you in 91, you said you got your first computer. Do you remember the Atari 800 thing? Mm-hmm. We had to plug it up to your TV monitor and the, ca- and the yeah. cassettes, now, cassette memory stored on cassettes. I don't remember if it used cassettes, uh, but there were some, uh, the Trash 80 or TRS 80. That was the Radio Shack one. And I think they had some at the high school at that time. I know they had some of the, uh, try to remember the size of the floppy drives that they had on those uh, in the math. Uh, it was in the math wing, I think. They were like five and a quarter at first, right? No, they were larger than that. I think they were seven inches or nine inches. Good grief. We, we might have to, to ask someone else from the class that was actually smart back then. I wasn't. <laughs> I remember when the phases went like 256, 356, and then they jumped to the, the 95, Windows 95. Remember that, the 56 era? Yes, yes. So for me... Um, I did use DOS some uh, in the 80s, and of course the uh, Mac, the original Mac Classic uh, interface, I worked with that some. And then in the early 90s, I got involved with, uh, I got involved, sounds like I got involved with a gang, but with <laughs> Windows 3.1 or 3.11, depending on uh, which version. And then of course Windows 95 is what got me started 100%. I got a job in Nashville at uh, HCA Healthcare and oh, yeah. uh, they're still here and big yeah they are and uh our job was to convert the entire corporate campus over from windows 3 to windows 95 so oh, that wow. was a you know full 100 percent uh it professional start right there well, that, that's a great introductory it job i mean the place is huge everybody needs to know how to get upgraded that, that might have been a cool little gig back then it, it was, and I got to meet some interesting people. Uh, you know, the computer guys get to, to visit everybody, including the big, uh, you know, the big shots. And mm-hmm. Rick Scott was CEO at the time, and you might know him as former governor uh, of Florida and now senator, I think. Right? Wow, I didn't know that. He started out in Nashville at HCA? Well, he was at in Nashville at HCA at that time. Yeah. 
Uh, but he had uh, moved there from, I think, the Louisville area. There was another uh, company similar in size, and the two of them merged, and, and uh, he was CEO at that particular time. So HCA then, they're, 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 they're different places other than just in Tennessee. Tennessee's the hub, right? But they're everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Fritz brothers are the ones who more or less started HCA. So mm-hmm. when you say HCA, that goes back to um, Senator Frist and his, his older brother and their father. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Senator Frist. And then we yeah. have the Frist Art Museum. Um, yep. That's pretty cool. And then Fred Thompson was in a lot of movies. You know, he was in Hunt for Red October. I'm like, when I found out he was a yeah. senator from Tennessee, I thought, man, maybe he should just be an actor all the time. He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So let's recap just a little bit. You started out at HCA, huge computer IT all over the campus, making things work and hum and getting 95 in there, a whole new operating learning curve for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And then all the products of, of the office suite, they, uh, did they change too in 95 any? Yes, they did. Yeah. I think that was a big curve to learn. Office well, see, I think there was Office, Microsoft Office Suite uh, for 95, and then I think they uh, went to a 97 verse. That's when they introduced the little Clippy character in there. Oh, yeah, Clippy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That'd be great. To, you know, maybe I could find a Clippy T-shirt to maybe use as a door prize for the reunion. That just give me a good idea. Okay, so then um, all that new software is loaded on everybody there. You're at HCA. And how long did that job last until maybe something else came along? What did you do next? I was there about two, two and a half years, I think. And um, at that time, it was real easy to to job hop in in IT. And I kind of got tired of the treadmill uh, that they had us on. You know, I had to wear a pager and, you know, the pager was going off all the time. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah, the pagers. Uh, I got the same type of job, but working for Tennessee Donor Services there in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I did that for uh, a little over a year before I uh, landed another uh, similar type job at Vanderbilt University in the uh, psychology department. Oh, wow. Cool. And I spoke there once way back in the day. Oh, really? I was a special speaker. I had a job. I lived in Knoxville at the time. I went out there. Anyway, enough about that. But yeah, Vanderbilt, they got a big uh, psychiatric program, psychology department, hospital mm-hmm. even. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's cool. So Vanderbilt, what a good gig there, you know? I mean, I, I, I see a raise in your salary just, just saying Vanderbilt, you know? <laughs> well, that was not the case. In fact, it actually went down. Oh, no. But there was a payoff in it for me in that, I got to be around a lot of things that interested me uh, and people that I was, well, I, I like being around that level of intelligence mm-hmm. and, um, uh, it, it was definitely there. Uh, I had an interest in psychology, layperson's interest in psychology. And, uh, so that was a lot of fun. And, I also got to participate in a study. So all the graduate students would ask a lot of the staff members, you know, if we would volunteer. So I had my, my, uh, my uh, brain M, uh, in an MRI machine many, many times uh-huh. and other little tests that they would do. Uh, so th- it was fun. It was an academic environment. Um, you, you know, it was very brainy and I enjoyed that for the period of time that I was there. 
Um, yeah, so the, you were a, a case study subject for the department a lot. Did they pay you well for that? All the, the, the loud noises in that MRI? Yeah, usually those studies would, would have a small um, uh, payment. It was never uh, anything huge, believe me, but it mm. was maybe on the order of five bucks, ten bucks maybe. The longest one I ever did, uh, there was a two and a half hour session that I did. And you know, you're in there and they, they're um, displaying on a screen for you to see uh, various little tasks uh, to do. Mm-hmm. And they're watching your, your brain uh, activity while you, you know, do these problems, you know, solve these problems, things like that. Probably a lot of the data was shifted over to Mr. Elon Musk for his neural link now. You maybe yeah. contributed to that. Possible. And that was one of my jobs within the department was to help them store the data uh, that was collected from those studies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got to be participant and uh, data collectioner, uh, data miner at the same time, and IT thrown in there to boot. Um, right. But they loved to see you coming, especially when they had uh, downtime on their computer and their PC wouldn't, you know, boot up for whatever reason. That was a, like I said, it was, there was a lot about it that I liked. There, there was some stress too. And one of the things is, is when you're, you're in a university environment, every professor thinks they're your boss. Oh, no yeah. <laughs> and that did, that was one of the things that kind of, uh, eventually I, got, I grew a little bit tired of that. And, uh-huh. and honestly, the money was not what you would think it would be. Yeah. That's, that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Maybe today they're paid better uh, because everything is so reliant now digitally and everything's shifted digitally from the analog world. Um, so, you know, maybe go back. Uh, you know, if you ever had to go back or knew somebody to go back, you might be able to give them some pointers. Um, so, okay, so the Vanderbilt position, I, I'm thinking that you didn't stay there that long. And what came along next? So, uh, 2008. Well, earlier, right as I started the Vanderbilt job, I had uh, took a quick trip out west, and I'd never been out west, and I went to New Mexico. It was like right at Christmas time, and uh, with snow and everything, I was kind of limited to pretty far south uh, in the mm-hmm. south. Fell in love with it. That thought had stuck in my mind. I had a sister that moved to Colorado in 2005, and I just, uh, I guess the bug got me. I went out to visit with her several times and I made a decision uh, in late 2007 that I was gonna try to get things together, you know, get the house ready to sell and I was gonna move out there. So that's what I did in 2008. All right, and then um, I, I'm, I'm thinking you didn't just go out there and just hang out. Was there employment waiting for you there? Did you rustle something up? Hmm. No, no. And of course, everybody warned me, but I, you know, I'm a hard head. And when uh, that uh, free spirit uh, part of me uh, gets activated, I don't tend to listen. But, you know, it was it was worth it. Really. I, I, I don't have looking back on it, even though it may have cost me some financially, it was worth it. Uh, I It was an adventure that I needed to have in my life. And I'm just so grateful that I had it. The fall of 2008, there was something called the uh, great housing bubble. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's too too big to forget, right? Because it was too big to fail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
a lot of people, you know, were already kind of concerned before uh, that actually happened about the potential for it to happen. So I was getting a lot of advice. People give advice and, and saying, oh, no, it's not a good time. You don't do it now and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, I took their counsel and I said, I appreciate it, but this is something I really need to do. And of course, you know, other well-meaning friends and family would say things like, well, if you had a job first, it would be better. I know, I'll find something. Mm -hmm. um, so I did, I got the house uh, ready to sell, got it sold. That was interesting. I was able to sell it like, you know, I don't know what the official date when everything just went, you know, crazy, but Mm -hmm. Say it was September 15th of 2008. I sold my house like two days before it for my asking price too. So uh, I wasn't complaining one bit about that housing bubble. Yeah. And that allowed me to survive a little bit longer there in Colorado until I did find some work. Mm -hmm. And what, what came up out there? Mm -hmm. What was the position that, that uh, eventually uh, manifested there in the West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended up driving a van for an assisted living facility in the small town that I'd moved to. And uh, that was interesting. I had kind of, I was feeling a little bit stressed out from doing all the computer support that um, it had been in what, uh, almost 10 years that I'd. 12 years that I was doing that and I was kind of burned out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I didn't try on something different. I actually went to a two week school, got a CDL license. It thought about being an over the road trucker, but then, uh, you know, again, this was uh, 2008 going into 2009 and the economy was in the tank and well, that just wasn't working out either. So this lady that owned these uh, assisted living homes, said she needed a driver for her van. And I said, well, I'll take it. And she also uh, allowed me to live in the basement. She had a little basement bedroom. Cool. And I that. And, you know, it, it, it ended up being a wonderful experience for me. I, I, the people that were there, some of them were elderly, and that's why they were there. Some of them were wards of the state and had either psychological issues, mental, whatever it was that, that caused them to not be able to live on their own. And uh, I was their driver. I'd help get them to their appointments. And you just got to be involved in these people's lives. And it, it was uh, a real blessing. Now, I knew it wasn't going to be long term. It, I, it couldn't pay enough to do that. But uh, it was enough to get me by those first uh, two years. That's cool. You know, I, I've had experiences like that, too, in my field where you work with individuals who are very needy. Um, perhaps their families have let them down and you're there and not only are you driving them, but you're like kind of like, a, you know, either a grandson or brother or confidant. Um, it's very rewarding to help people in that position who are down and out. And there you are. You know, you're capable I'm sure you talked a lot about computers and the changes to some of the folks. So that was a rewarding job, I can tell. Yeah. I had, uh, I'll tell you about this one character, um, Mike, and uh, I called him my adopted hippie uncle. <laughs> and the deal with Mike was, is, is uh, he was, you know, early 20s in the age of uh, 
Hike Ashbury, and he was right there, and he saw all that, right? So that that's where the hippie part came from. But he had had uh, he was living in Colorado Springs and had suffered a massive heart attack and then a stroke. Mm. At first, he was kind of locked in himself, and he had lost most of his memory. Well, he eventually, over several years, got better. They placed him at that place that I was working at when I met him, and um, he sang all the time. He just he would just not necessarily like mm. he had a great singing voice. He just he was happy like you know would sing and i would take him places I, I i can't explain it exactly but he was just a joy everybody loved being him around him because he always just was in a in a great mood That's and part of that was is because i guess you know he when he finally got his mind back enough to be in the real world so to speak um i guess he realized it was just all icing on the cake for him he should have been dead you know years ago and for him to, you know, it was, it was great. And of course he ended up dying while I was there and, and, uh, that was sad, but at the same time, I just, I'm so grateful for that, uh, time that I had with him. Yeah, that's cool. I, I've met several people like that. Uh, personality is just bubbly, uh, lust for life. And, you know, there's something about them that, you know, we go through tragedies and traumas in life it, it really it not only does it humble us but it makes us just recalibrate our entire perspective on everything that sounds pretty cool you know that's that's an honorable position to be in you know a lot of not a lot of money and glory in that but you know you're impacting people's lives you're helping people come to uh, a, a safe end of their life sometimes yeah and i didn't know at the time that that i think that I was being, I, that there was a reason for me being there. And a big part of that was to learn how to do that, uh, mm-hmm. to, to learn to do that more than I think I would have known how to do that otherwise. And that's a big part of me coming back here to Knoxville, being with family and learning to help be a part of that process of walking our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. And what a big impact yeah. you can have on your nieces and nephews back here, back at home. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stories to tell. um, You can share with them and help them shape their lives. You said that you listened to some of the other interviews of the classmates, like when Jeff Morgan, he was our first one. He really put Mm -hmm. it in big perspective of what's uh, what what goes around. You find and then you come back around to family. Um, And I understand right now he's going through some distress in his life once again. But Jeff put it all in perspective, you know. He he's had the millions of dollars here and there, and the contracts, and the, and rubbing shoulders to people. But like you said, and like you've learned, come back home, you know, uh, be with family. That's the important thing. Yeah, very much. So tell me about your nieces and nephews, family, mom, dad. Um, sure. uh, what? Uh, how many do you have? What are they into now? Yeah. Well, uh, so. Growing up, and I know you you went to Farragut the whole time too, like I did. Uh, there were five of us, uh, and um, my older sister graduated in '75. My brother graduated in '79. I graduated '82. Two younger sisters uh, graduated in '86 and '88, and my older brother, uh, uh, obviously, you know, he met someone, got married. And they had three kids, so and they're the three that still live here in the uh, Knoxville area. Mm-hmm. 
uh, CT, I played on the football team, and that would, gosh, when that was about 10 years ago, because he's already uh, gone through Carson Newman and graduated, and now he's got the two of his own kids. Uh, Marshall, um, Marshall was, I think he played football some, but he didn't play it the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then as the, the baby of their family, and she's just, just a beautiful, uh, beautiful girl. And she's already graduated college. And I'm not sure exactly. She was working as a pharmacy tech for a while. And I think she may still be, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know with her all the time, but, and, uh, then my oldest nephew, Ben, uh, from my older sister and brother-in-law, he is in the air force uh and he works for security services uh and he's still down in texas right now he just got a promotion and they're training him to be the range master so he's going to be back and he's going to be the guy that's in charge of all the uh weapons there at the um, air national guard base at mcgee tyson oh wow cool yeah that's a big that's a big duty there Uh, yeah i I had a friend another niece our, our our baby niece uh uh, Claire Marie, she's down in Florida now with my sister who lives down there. And what part of Florida are they? Are they anywhere near that crash, that building collapse? Not too far. Uh, West Palm Beach area is what I understand. I haven't been to visit them at that location. They were in Charleston, but uh, mm-hmm. now that they're not too far from it. And for those of you listening to the podcast, it'll date it a little bit. We're about um, almost middle of July now of 2021. Um, and some people keep up with that. Uh, so, okay, you got family, um, a very variety of interests in the nieces, nephews, and, and sisters and brothers. And by the way, I want to th- share something with you, Jay. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but all of those brothers and sisters and previous Farragut grads, every one of them, you can safely say that your class, our class, was bigger than them all. Oh yeah, I've been keeping track of this. I'm just amazed at how big we we were like a big baby bump in the baby boomer uh, leftovers or whatever. Remember, remember the flat tops that they built oh, yes. for us, and was it like second, third grade, or and actually before mm-hmm. that, we the primary school was built because of us, right um, down the street on Campbell Station. But I remember those flat tops. It was terrible. It was hot and cold and just miserable. Oh. Yes, I can remember they didn't have any heat one winter, and it was like 10 degrees in there. <laughs> they kept us there. We should have sued them all. We should have sued their pants off, you know. Eh. But when we moved out, they tore them all down. They didn't eat them anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, I mean, I've been keeping up on that because you know, I've been checking out Memphis classes and, and Nashville classes because they're like larger cities. You figure there'd be more people, but they, they can't even touch 600, really. So we're right. just... Anyway, it's you know it's something you can continue to brag about after you graduate, like forty for forty years. That's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now you've come full circle. You're back in Knoxville. You're back with the family. Um, you got that computer background, and boy, have you seen some evolutionary changes in the data world? Like, did, I guess, did you hear Debbie Chow's interview on the podcast? I did, but that was I really enjoyed that hearing her voice. Uh, <laughs> And she's right out there in the middle of it all in the Silicon Valley. And she's been through all these changes on a different scale, uh, the micro oh, yeah. level, I guess you could say. But yeah, I mean, now with all that knowledge behind you, you've seen it change, you're back home, family's around you. 
What are you currently into these days? What's keeping you occupied? Well, I, I'm about three months into a new job with a company called IX Systems, and they're a uh, high-end data storage uh, company. Uh, mm-hmm. So they make high-end data storage arrays. Uh, I don't know how many in our class might have similar interest uh, or vocation as mine that would know them, but they they uh, are the the driving force behind an operating system known as FreeBSD and TrueNAS, uh, a uh, kind of a, another layer on top of the FreeBSD kernel that mm-hmm. is, well, I'm going to go off the technical deep end, so I'll, I'll catch myself here. I'll just say that many of the systems that they sell, when they sell them, $100,000 is probably the average invoice that I see come through. Wow. So this is the corporate yeah. level. Well, it, it is, but it's very laid back. There's an office in Maryville, and right now we're all still working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the office in Maryville uh, was a real one-off. One of the founders had moved to Maryville maybe 10 years ago. I'm not sure exactly when from the San Jose area where headquarters is at. Mm-hmm. So, Chow, yeah, she knows where San Jose is. Oh, yeah. Very close so to where she lives. still out there. The majority are out there. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, and that's where everything's made. We mm-hmm. we provide the support, and uh, I'm in a position where I'm doing uh, building the calls as they come in, collecting the information on the problem, and getting it over to other technicians that are actually doing the, the work of solving the problems. Oh yeah, that, that's funny because we started the podcast earlier. Uh, we got started late because I had some technical problems. I had got a new PC, and then I gave you the Zoom link without a password. And I said, well, why don't we just try this? I'm going to send it to you from the Zoom room. And then it yeah. finally worked. So, you know, as much as we both know, because I used to teach computers to people who had, you know, different uh, abilities, let's say. And so the class was varied from where's the start button to can you help me with another web design page? So, you know, and you've got that myriad of experience. Um, but here we are still in 2021, 50-somethings trying to figure this Zoomy thing out, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, that, and it's not just Zoom. Uh, one of the things that we use in our job with uh, that I'm at right now is uh, Slack. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many of us uh, are familiar with Slack. I was introduced to it a little over a year ago. Is that a video thing, conference? Uh, no, that's text. Uh, oh. It's a texting app. Okay. How do you spell that? S-L-A-K, maybe? S-L-A-C-K. Okay. And what does it do, actually? Is it like Twitter? Yeah, it's kind of like Twitter, except it's not meant for everybody. So you create your own uh, channels, and, and mm. you know, you just have certain people that are in it. And it's it's almost like real-time chat for organizations. Okay, yeah, like uh, intranet versus internet. Right, right. I think it's used that way a lot more, although it's certainly not a problem. If you have somebody that's outside of your organization, they can participate. You can invite them in and, and they can participate just as easily. It's just that I think it tends to be used mostly as an inter-office type of uh, communication device. Okay, cool. Now, early on, while we're talking about terminology, you mentioned an HBSD Tell me a little bit more about that, because we have a wide variety of listeners who may actually follow what you're talking about. Is it like, when you say operating system, you saw another type of intranet system, or is it on the order of iOS and Microsoft's? 
uh, free BSD, uh, and that BSD is for Berkeley. Oh gosh, I forgot the the next part of it. But anyway, it's a a, a, a Unix or Unix-like kernel that was developed. I think it was in the late '80s or early '90s from the AT&T Unix. Okay. Ended up um, being liberated, so to speak, from a lot of patent uh, encumbrances and licensing. So today, it's it's part of the open source movement. You probably heard of that Linux oh, yeah. and other things. Like um, LibreOffice is open. LibreOffice, yes, mm-hmm. that's a that's a big one. And, and let me let's do a little quick uh, commercial for LibreOffice because it's so cool for people who don't know about it. Uh, now Microsoft Office for years now has been charging people a monthly or is it a yearly fee to access Word and Excel and PowerPoint and all that stuff. Well, yeah. like you're talking about, community share, um, donate a little here and there, a nickel dime, a bunch of people can donate. So Libra, L-I-B-R-E, Office came about. It's free. It's very similar to the Microsoft Office uh, programs and it's totally free you don't have to pay anything but you can always mm-hmm. donate to it so if anybody who is just you know can't really afford to pay for office every year check into that it's totally free download it and use it yes well, that's a very good ad- advertisement for them i don't uh, myself use the libra office that much i do have it and occasionally install it just to check it out um but I do use a lot of other open source software and I, I will typically make contributions at the end of the year. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. time of giving and, and I will go online and I'll, you know, send 20 bucks here, 50 bucks there, whatever, mm-hmm. to make my contributions uh, to the open source. Uh, Is there a particular one that you think might be better than Libra? No, not really. Uh, it, it has to do more with what I end up supporting at any one time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be supporting Office products a lot, I'm going to tend to use Office because I need to. Right. Uh, many years, I was not involved with supporting uh, end-user applications like that uh, very much at all. I was more involved with on the server side and dealing with the infrastructure. Yeah, I had a nightmare problem with the Apple side of things on an iPad. I was trying to write a, a, a book, and because it shares across all your devices, it got very, very bogged down and confusing. And when I was deleting something, I thought I really deleted. Anyway, it's just a mess with pages. Um, mm-hmm. So it just yes. really, I had a bad, bad taste in my mouth with that going on. Um, I just like everything to be in one spot. And I'll back it up if I have to. But don't put this all over my devices. It was a mess, man. Oh, I can imagine. And deleting hundreds of pages of text that I worked so hard on just because I was confused, you know. (laughs) Yes. I get it. I do. And, uh, you know, it's not that Apple can't make a good product. They can. Oh, yeah, they can. But it does come down to uh, the number of users who are using it. And I think that's where what. Well, they've not succeeded in the area of office applications on their own. Mm-hmm. I heard a rumor that they may be making an Apple car to rival Tesla. Oh, good luck. Have you heard about that? <laughs> no, honestly, I haven't. Uh, I don't think too much of the organization known as Apple today because uh, really um, their genius was Steve Jobs and Steve mm-hmm. Wozniak. 
And when Waz dropped out and when Jobs left, well, for obvious reasons he left, mm -hmm. uh, they were no longer a company of innovation. They were just a cash giant milking a, a giant cash cow. Oh, yeah. And, That's, it kind of reminds me of the, the rock band R.E.M. in the early 80s. Um, yeah, they had two albums. Uh, they had a hit song, "Radio Free Europe," um, and then uh, "South Central Rain" was their second release. But then, dun dun dun, they appeared on David Letterman. And I think yeah. what happened when Jobs and Waz left, I think this is what happened to the band. They got so famous overnight that their creativity just woohoo right out the window. And I, you know, some people would probably debate that they're still a good band, and I don't, I don't, I don't argue that. But I just think that when you struggle young and new, you really come. Those creative juices just pour out all over either the page or the instruments or whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad that you know. Yeah. But okay, well, good. We can we're going to commiserate on technology all day long on this one, Jody. Um. Yeah, that's another <laughs> rabbit hole for sure. <laughs> All right, so cool. Um, so now you're you're comfortable in Maryville because Governor William Blunt did not marry a guy or a girl named Murray. So it's not Merville, no. right? It's Mary, Maryville, Merville. Anyway, yeah, I lived there for a while. Um, I thought that was funny. And so there you are. You're at the foothills of the Smokies. You got your job still going. You like what's going on. You're near family. So everything seems to be hunky dory. Is that the case? Am I overstating it? I'd say it's overstating it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, the past uh, two and a half years have been very, very difficult for me. Uh, I did not anticipate that I would have the difficulty finding employment in the IT field that I have been in, mm -hmm. uh, like I found once I got back. And I do, can't, still to this day cannot exactly put my finger on what it was uh, that I was running into trouble with, but uh, well, you know that whole COVID long. thing. Yeah, you can't get. Well, yeah, that was a good and, year of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it set me back uh, financially, certainly, and and emotionally uh, for me. And I know that some of our classmates are in my same position. Never married, no kids. You tend to your work becomes a very big part of you, your identity, and. If that's true for me and when i lost that um it was by choice i know i always say that yes i know i made that choice i left a very good one there in colorado to come back i did but i didn't think it would be so difficult to find that again it turned out that it was but i'm starting again with this company that i'm with now and i i, I truly think that it's going to work into something very good to kind of close out my professional career before mm -hmm. i retire well, I don't want to be like a career counselor here, but what about Covenant Health? They're a huge employer, and they got a lot of computers all over the place. Uh, I probably could have got a job with them. I think I did. They were one of the people that I did uh, apply with. Mm -hmm. But you don't really apply directly to a company at all anymore, and that was one of my frustrations. Mm -hmm. you, end up, you don't know who it is that the ultimate job is going to be with there's too many of these intermediaries out there um placement companies and mm. online job ad i i don't know it, it was just uh, i found it very very different very foreign to me because i'd always been able to find work my first word of mouth primarily 
get an interview with a person that would be uh, eventually become my boss, mm-hmm. you know, and if I got the interview, I usually did well enough that, that I got the job. Well, that just never happened here. And that was really, really difficult. Well, it sounds like you need to uh, find a word of mouth or someone already plugged in there um, and talk to me after the podcast is over. I may have an idea for you. I used to work for Covenant for about 12 years, and oh. I have a good friend of mine who is still there. Uh, actually, yeah. more than one friend that are good that are still there. So let's talk after the podcast, and that's one of the, another reason I like to do these podcasts is to find out what classmates are needing or struggling, or, or or maybe there's a way they can be helped or something. So we'll we'll talk after that uh, after yeah. it's over. Um, yeah, because you know now we got the COVID thing lifting here in about middle of July yeah. 2021, and we got these variants. It seems like they're under control, thanks to Bill Perry. <laughs> yeah, Bill. yeah thank you bill keep it going man um you know biological uh nanotechnological genius in our class literally helping the world here so it looks like we're under control with some of that stuff and so life's going to be moving on forward and you know, you know maybe it can be wonderful for you get that stress out of the way yeah yeah absolutely well it, it's starting to i'm i'm feeling more comfortable and confident in the new role you know i feel like i'm a part of a team and that's 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 all huge so yeah you know we'll just keep uh rolling with the punches um mm-hmm. I, again you know i mentioned it before when i worked for the uh as a driver for assisted living facility i came to realize that i was there for a reason i'm sure that whatever this hardship was about it was there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, was it Frederick Nietzsche that said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger? And then somebody added, except for bears. Bears will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What was it like? Well, tell me about your wild hair days. My wild hair days. Well, I think I was pretty straight-laced kid for the most part in high school. I did do some drinking, um, but I... You know, I didn't handle my alcohol very well, and uh, some people may be, even remember different episodes, uh, including one at the World's Fair that involved uh, uh, Franco Harris. You remember Franco Harris? Oh, yeah. I got his football card. Oh. Okay. Well, the Stroh House, we went there one night, and of course, we weren't old enough to drink, but we did anyway. It was beer, and I got plastered and got into a shouting match with Franco Harris, who <laughs> there because i knew he was a penn state grad and loved paterno and so i was yelling alabama bear brian he was at paterno penn state we were in each other's faces going toe-to-toe like that that's hilarious Uh, yeah well and of course i had the big hangover uh the next day uh, now, so, now, had he already like, won a couple of Super Bowl rings at that point? Oh, God, yeah. He'd already <laughs> retired at that point by 1982. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was just uh, the, the, the bare beginning of uh, my attempts to drink like a normal person. <laughs> and uh, it just didn't go well for me. And uh, I finally realized I, I hit a bottom. In uh, 1991, yeah, uh, got sober. So uh, August 24th was my last drink of alcohol, and uh, that's coming up now on 30 years. Wow, that is an achievement there. Wow, 
grateful for that. And it, it wasn't just all alcohol, granted. Um, you know, even as a little kid, I had issues, mental health issues, uh, primarily with uh, uh, severe depression. Uh-huh. And I, I just kept it hidden. Um, but uh, the alcohol was one of the first things that I tried to, to alleviate that. And of course, it led me down the path to many other things, too. Right. Yeah, a lot and it was of, a big part of why I didn't finish architecture. Uh, it just, it, it was a crossroads in my life and I had to change and part of changing meant leaving a lot of who I used to be behind and mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they say that um, be careful um, about burning bridges, but uh, sometimes you have to burn the bridges to keep the crazies from coming back over, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or in this case, bad company, bad friends come coming over, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's interesting. Wow, Franco Harris. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a wonder it that was, uh, Toller. Uh Mike Toller was with us and who else was with us that night? I think Tommy Carter of all people might might have been in the car with oh, us. Yeah, Tom Carter. Now he's a good one. You get him on your podcast. I want to hear him. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to get everybody. Like I said earlier, um, so if you got his contact info, send him an IM and say, hey, you know, me and Vic were talking about your your goings on at Fairview. Why don't you, you know, IM him back and we'll get it done. We'll get it going. All right. All I've right. got Sandy Centel in a distant queue. She wants to do it eventually when she can get the time. Um, oh yeah. And I got some other people um, that are thinking about it, like Bowling Ball, you know, Bill, Billy Irwin. Um, yep. But yeah, everybody, tune in. You know, contact me. Let's get this going. What what other what other um, what, what other oats that you sowed uh, that you 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 don't mind talking about anything like that? I mean, that's a good story with Franco. I don't know if you could top that one. Well. Um I do have, unfortunately, many of stories, but <laughs> I, that was the only one involving a celebrity. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, I, you know, as an example of how maybe out there and crazy I was, uh, although I'd, in a way I don't regret it. One of the things I did in downtown Atlanta, it's not there anymore. They tore it down. The old W, uh, W what was the big station with three letters? WSB. That maybe anyway, they had a thousand foot TV tower downtown, and and uh, back in um, the mid '80s, I, I I went and lived in Georgia for a bit. Went to Georgia Tech for about a year and a half, and one night we went to see um, Roy Orbison in his last concert before he died, and afterwards we were hanging out and you know getting high and drinking and whatnot, and two of us decided. We looked up in the sky and saw that turn and said, hey, let's go climb that. Okay, sounded like a good idea. So in the middle of the night, we climbed a thousand foot TV tower. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's I an mean, example. <laughs> I don't know, Jody. I don't think I would have done that sober in daylight with grappling hooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely didn't have any safety lines. It was just free climbing. Oh, wow. Tower of power. What do you do when you you free climb to the top of a one thousand foot tower? You urinate. 
And that's what I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There are certain things that, you know, you just like, nobody's going to be able to say that they did this. And that, that was one of them for me. So it was not Georgia Peach. It was Georgia P. <laughs> yes, it was definitely Georgia P. And, I, you know, I just have to assume that before it ever hit the ground, you know, it was like atomized into a fine mist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that eye up. Well, it's it's an image and a memory that I'll take with me, and and like I said, uh, that part of it I don't regret one bit. But I know that it was absolutely insane to do. Take good care of your mental health, kids, or this will happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh God, do I know that? No. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, not really. I mean. Um, I got to save some to uh, uh, share with those little uh, conversations, those little side Oh, side yeah, that's true. Right? That's yeah. true. So, yeah, life has its stressors, but, you know, we stress back, and that's what builds muscle, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little about some muscle activity back in the day when we were younger. Uh, oh. What was your favorite hangout place back in that day, 82? Yeah, see, I always have trouble answering, you know, the favorite. What was your favorite song or favorite? Oh, gosh. I, 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 I'm not that type of person. I, I like them all. Uh, Gaddy's, uh, I think I heard several people mention that. But also, um, I'm blanking on their name now. They were a kind of across from the Regis and Copper Cellar. Um, who was um. it? Where were they located? Also, where, where, down that? on the strip too. Oh, on the strip. Oh, oh. Let me think. Um, not Vic and Bill's. Not. Uh, um, was it more of a higher end type it, place? No, no. It okay. was the pizza place. They. Had oh yeah, like the best Italian pizza. Well, now that was a good one too. Oh, Stefano's. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah. The whole wheat crust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are uh, they still there? No, they're not. No, I think there's one in the Turkey Creek uh, uh, shopping center area, whatever it is. Oh, well, that's good. I think that's the only one that's left. There's not one on the strip, and there's not mm -hmm. one at that uh, location well, that the, I was talking about. The, the best Italian moved. Well, they had two locations. They stopped the one on the strip, but the one up in Gatlinburg is still firing right away, and it's very, very good. No, that's good. Yeah, same. Good. Okay, so let's talk about sports activity. What did you do? Did you were you in track or football or anything back then? Yeah, in high school I was in uh, cross country and track. Mm -hmm. uh, middle school I did uh, the little league football. Loved that. Uh, I was too skinny. I was six foot tall when I came into Farragut as a freshman, but only weighed 128 pounds. And Bill Bates was a senior that year, and <laughs> you know I just didn't. The math didn't look good for me. <laughs> Uh, well, so you know, I'm, Bill Bates right. was a superstar. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. Um, but, yeah, I went to uh, doing the cross country and, and track and loved that. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember in the annual, you're in the annual, I think, in 81 and 82. They got you jogging away there, a couple of photos. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably on cross country. I don't really remember on track. But yeah. Can you ask you answer a question for me real quickly? Cross country at the at a high school, where where did you guys run to get practice? Did you do marathons around Kingston Pike and dodging traffic or something? Yeah, but it wasn't the traffic wasn't anything like it is now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean we had a course that was 
well, they built that new middle school over where our course used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two fields uh, just east of the high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for training, we would run Campbell Station Road, uh, Kingston Pike, uh, Smith Road, all and around to um, oh God, Grigsby Chapel. We ran down Concord Road. We did a lot of just running all the roads. Yeah, literally. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, cool, man. That's, I always wondered about that because um, I know you couldn't be running in circles. That would get real boring. I think I'd quit the track team at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> and So who was your favorite teacher back then? Did you have a favorite one, like that, that maybe you were the pet? <laughs> I was the pet. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Well, which one did you like? What's your favorite teacher? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you got me thinking now. I, you know, he, I was certainly not his pet. I was more like a pain in his butt. It's only in looking back at it, but uh, professor, not professor. And was he a Dr. Lloyd? Yeah, he Dr. Lloyd, yeah. In physics. Well, he had the goatee. Yeah, yeah. We called him Zoltar, I think. Yeah, it was a Marvel comic character he looked a lot like. It was Dr. Strange, I thought. Yeah. Well, really, he, I would say only in looking back, he was my favorite looking back. I learned so much from him. and I didn't realize how much I liked that level of learning until, you know, you're sitting in the class, he's leading us along and these various concepts built one building on the other. And mm-hmm. Just was never a, a big school student, you know, very good at all that. I know that sounds crazy, but I just wasn't. <laughs> Uh, I just, well, you I, know, the teachers sometimes can take a very boring subject and make it entertaining. Uh, yeah. That's a good teacher. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let's and, see. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, there there were many good teachers that I, I certainly liked, but, uh, yeah, he was one that stands out in my mind. And, of mm-hmm. course, um, he was a good teacher. I never had him as a teacher, but as a coach, and Coach Parker, Bill Parker, Awesome, oh, yeah. Bill Parker. I, I was suggested by uh, Mr. Censorbox to call him up and to do a podcast interview. If you have any contact info, talk to me after we're done here. I wanted to get him on. And any other oh, teachers sure. that might be listening, hey, give me a call. You got the email at the end here. I'd like to get you on here too. Those that are still around, uh, you know. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, let's talk about music and TV. What, did you watch a TV sure. show back then that you really binged? Well, you, we couldn't binge back then, no. but you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that is the truth. Uh, in the 80s, well, ob- MTV, obviously. We all watched MTV. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, that, I was just so shocked when I realized that they didn't show music videos on MTV anymore. That was. Really- I know. What the heck? Yeah, like, well, then why are, why do you exist? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, certainly MTV was a, a big TV show, and it was just getting started right at the end of our high school years, but yeah. uh, Magnum PI ended up being one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Magnum PI. Uh, uh, Tom Selleck? WKRP. Mm-hmm. WKRP was ah awesome. That was early high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching those shows back then, we had to wait every week or every day. 
like Gilligan's yeah. Island was on every day. But now you can go to your particular media store or online and get the whole series and just sit there yeah. and watch. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's really good too. I, I my uh, pandemic uh, binge has been the Waltons, believe it or not. Oh yeah, the Waltons. That's a nice, wholesome show. That's kind of like our version of Downton Abbey before it went, you know, British. Yeah. An un-British Downton Abbey, the Waltons. Yeah. I'm into that right now. I think I'm on season four watching Downton. I got started late. Milady. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see. One more. One more. Let's see. Let's pick. Hmm. Well, you talked about your hangout. Um, what was your favorite, um, let's say, uh, restaurant not necessarily a hangout hangout but a place well we talked about that didn't we you talked about mentioning uh well yeah yeah for like just gang hangout uh, type of things gang you know yeah let's do that what was your gang hangout sense. well yeah uh stefano's was a big one mm-hmm. and gabby's but mm-hmm. stefano's definitely we like to hang out there do you that remember the video of- the video games at like at leisure time and brunswick billiards oh. yeah yeah absolutely well, we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna segue into a commercial for the reunion. We are gonna go old school video games at the reunion uh, next year, and uh, literally a year from now. Now, um, and I think what we're gonna do is incorporate the very first one that started them all on the big screen, so everyone can see the competition. We're gonna have a pong, um, oh, hanging a pong, a pong tournament. And I was thinking, toying with the idea of King Pong. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and just because now, you know, Atari has the old school where you can put it on your TV. Well, that means you can put it on any screen. So you sit there, and we're going to actually somehow figure out a way to whittle down to two people for a grand champion. Um, but we're going to be doing like, you know, when you go to the the, the places now, like uh, Dave and Buster's or whatever, you get these little tickets when you win uh-huh. a game and stuff. So that's going to be going on throughout the evening. And then you cash in the little tickets into bigger stars. Or I think we're going to have like uh, white and blue and uh, gray stars. And then at the end of the night, you, those are going to be like tokens of value. Uh, and you can get door prizes or maybe... Um, Find out or find out a way to do that and get the 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 King Pong tournament going, but I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be over at the Lighthouse uh, Peninsula Lighthouse. It used to be a place where I actually worked for years. Uh, bought out by a doctor nearby there, and he completely renovated it. And largely, they have weddings now. Um, and upstairs, where the head offices used to be, now that's they converted them into like dressing rooms for the bride and groom. Um, and we're going to have the whole facility. It's going to be great. It's going to be outdoor on the patio. We're going to be right by that little lake there on Bomb Drive. And food galore. We're going to be using their menu. Um, it's going to be really great. Are you are you planning on coming? Oh, yes. Oh, that's I, right. I, you, uh, you already bought your tickets. Yes. And I, want, I wanted to say that it's a great choice, Vic, and I'll tell you why. I made it to the 20th reunion, and one of the things that I remember I had difficulty with is I wanted to talk to people and I needed to hear them, right? Mm-hmm. And we had the loud music, you know, to dance. And of course, by 20 years, most of us aren't that interested in dancing. I never was, but mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, it was kind of like we're all forced to, to live inside this this like uh, tin can with the music <laughs> booming, and it was hard to hear. So I was like, what? You know, I, I wanted to be able to get away from that so I could sit down and have these conversations, you know, mm-hmm. catching up and whatnot. And I think the lighthouse is going to be a great place to do that. Oh, great. Yes, absolutely. We're going to have the whole campus there, run of the mill. There'll be all kinds of places to duck in and out and down the deck. Um, and like, what is that called when you go to a speakeasy in the 20s? And it's called oh, a speakeasy yeah. because the music's not blaring at you, but it's there, and the conversations yeah. can happen better. Yeah, and we're going to have that going on. Yes, yeah. So there still will be music and dancing. I'm sure you've got that. Oh, but. yeah, yeah. We're going to have Gans Mobile DJ. He's done that for a couple of reunions, and he'll be, oh. like, set off to the side, and people who want to dance can do that. Um, yeah. There's, there's some cool little uh, technical effects that the building offers as well. You know, some colored lighting, and we're going to play some old loop 80s music and a couple of videos. It'll show, you know, our, our evolution of our pictures and stuff. So people who are listening right now, please send me in some photos through the years, um, either digitally or whatever, to show how you've evolved over time. Some, maybe some family pics, and we're going to make like a collage and just loop it all night, you know. All right, so this is great, Jody. I really appreciate you doing the interview. And um, yeah. as my um, uh, th- way of saying thank you, uh, I'm, and to anyone who does this, and I'm extending the, the half-off discount for tickets if you are an interviewee, but you've already taken advantage of that. Um, so people tuning in now, that's what's going to happen for you. I've been doing that secretly, but I'm making it known now. Throughout this new inflated price time, you can still participate 50% off uh, if you do a podcast interview with me and I want to get as many people as possible so that's that little modus operandi Um, and so I appreciate you Jody Um, that's great I can't wait to see you there at the reunion Um, what are some final words final words of wisdom what's your motto for life now motto for life oh god (laughs) Uh, don't ask me my five year plan I don't have one I'm just trying to survive today (laughs) five-day plan <laughs> yep that'll work <laughs> through the day that's all well it's been it's been fun catching up and i'm glad that you're back in, in the great state of tennessee are we going to be able to win some football games this year what do you think uh well yeah i won't say it my big dirty secret i'm an alabama fan where my father went to to college and i was raised listening to bear brighton alabama football i got spoiled okay well you have an excuse you know it's it's those it's those fans that switch the tracks and they haven't even left the station or i don't know what's the analogy here but yeah if your dad went there i can see that i'm gonna give you a pass on that not really yeah i well you know you you either got to be tough or I don't know, brave or something to sit in Nayland Stadium and uh, <laughs> uh anyway. That's all right. I know Billy Irwin hates it. That's all that I, I care. <laughs> I'm trying to get bowling ball on this podcast. Yeah. And he's dude. like, I don't have a story. I'm like, Billy, look, we, we all have a story, you know. And I and to those of you who are listening and going, Yeah, you know, I don't have anything fantastic. I didn't meet the president, you know, whatever. I we're not interested in that. We're not interested in any 
life-saving events, Mother Teresa-level things you've done in 40 years. You know, we, we don't, we, you know, not everybody can be Bill Perry and get in there and do nano bio. We want to know what you've been up to. And it's the plain vanilla stories that are stories nonetheless, and we can hear your voice. We can see what's going on. So, you know, that's in my soapbox there, Jody. Sorry that you had to be the victim of that. But hey, people, no, that's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so come on, people. When I when I send you an IM out there, I want you to say, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. You know? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Look, Jody, we'll let you go. Thank you again. Sorry for the technical difficulties we had at the beginning. Um Thanks for doing the podcast here today, and uh, we'll see you at the reunion, right? The Big Blue Reu. Oh, absolutely! And and Vic, thank you for all that you've done to to organize these. And I got to compliment you on your radio voice. I didn't know that you had DJed in the past, but it, I, I can hear it. It's in your voice. You got a good DJ voice. So <laughs> well, well, good thank job. thank you very much. WFGT eighty two FM. I do. I'm a ham radio operator, and I do have a call sign. Oh yeah. I well, you know, I tried to be. Ham, I did the ham class for a while, but then I ended up with a pineapple ring and had to quit. You know. Well, <laughs> yeah, my call sign, and I did this uh, uh -huh. because I was there in 1979 when they changed their format from country, and they also changed their call sign. Was WBIR 103.5 country, and it oh, changed yeah. to. W-I-M-Z. Right, but you know what? The interesting story, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, for those yeah. of you who might remember, back in the day, I was Brother Vic ooh, on the Boogie Check program. Uh, you know, Brother John, night, Boogie Check, what do we you know, I imitated him, and I was a higher octave. Hey, this is Brother Vic. But anyway, <laughs> I had another show on that, Boogie Check show on WOKI. It was the Captain Space yeah. Show. Now, this is where it relates to WBIR. The very night on the show, and I had no idea this was going on. This is like a corporate maneuver. Captain Space blew up the competition to WOKI, WBIR, We Believe in Rock, uh, blew up their, their, their tower and destroyed it, uh, you know, fictionally on the, on the little radio space ser series, soap opera. Yeah. And then the very next day in the newspaper, we're changing their call sign. Some major change happened, and I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, it was huge. It was huge. The, the last, see, I don't know what the last country song was, but the DJ hit the album. You know, it was a record player back then, vinyl, and it slowly yeah. and and they segued the very first rock song ever. WMZ WR first was Stairway to Heaven. There's a little trivia for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one too. <laughs> when I got my ham ticket. My uh, uh, vanity call sign, because they uh, uh, normally assign them to you, but you can get a vanity call sign. And I went with Whiskey 2 India Mike Zulu. Whiskey 2 India Mike Zulu. Yeah, there you go. WMZ. So when I moved back here and I started calling on the radio, uh, everybody goes, does he work for them? <laughs> <laughs> I know another hand who does work for them. He always tells people, no, he just really likes them. <laughs> Phil Williams came out of that group. Yes. Yeah, and our John Boy, who unfortunately passed away this, this last year, um, he um, and Phil did their own morning show. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, they were awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? The, the guy that passed away? That was a tragedy there. Um, yeah. Was it Billy? Billy Kidd? Billy Kidd, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sad. 
but you know we're we're all getting older and it happens um we can't we can't keep this machine oiled as it is and keep it burning on all cylinders forever and you know we didn't get to really talk too much about the spiritual esoteric side of things but i really like the idea the concept of just getting another body and keep going you know yeah well that's possible it sounds good to me (laughs) well look we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here uh for another saturday night is uh what was it the uh, uh, roadhog and the cadillac cowboys you know take it out here wichita uh gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that statler brothers alter ego i think so i think the, <laughs> google yeah. this is your assignment tonight jay google the um roadhog and the Road cadillac Hog? cowboys on, on youtube okay it's the Statler brothers making fun of themselves and the whole country music genre and it is hilarious you've got to tune in and the cadillac yeah cowboys and uh all right you know, they, is this mic on hello can you hear me hello you know <laughs> they're great I've got several youtube videos ready to go here <laughs> All right, well, look, Jody, again, great, good talking to you. Have a great night. Thank you for for doing this, and we'll see you at the reunion. Absolutely. Look forward to it. See you, Vic. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're interested in being an interview victim, please give me an email at fhsbigblue1982 at gmail.com. Again, that's fhsbigblue1982 at gmail.com. You can also instant message me on the Facebook reunion page. Just search on Facebook for Farragut High School Reunion 1982, some combination thereof, and you'll find us. Like the Facebook page. Be a part of the the reunion committee if you're interested contact me through the email thanks again for tuning in today and hopefully we'll get your interview next and now this you can't put on the podcast so get ready to all right let me make a note we're at 120 11 okay shoot yeah. oh boy <laughs> run get my annual done yeah seriously if you want to get it out it'll help <laughs> Yeah, here's my cheat sheet. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, here we go. Like favorite restaurant, teacher sports, hangouts, music, TV, blah blah. Okay, got it. All right, I think we're gonna go ahead and get started. You have any questions for me before we get started? No, I think we're good. Okay. All right, man. Here yeah, we hey. go. Um, okay. This is rock and roll, brother John. Well, hello, rock and roll. Is this the same guy that does the Elvis? Yeah. Uh, Why don't you call me up tomorrow night at 9 o'clock and do your Elvis set? Well, the same guy that does Elvis is also Medellin, you understand. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Uh, You you do Elvis? I do everybody. (laughs) But I don't get paid for it. Now, this is Brother Vic, huh? Uh -huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. You blow me away. And you can do Elvis? Yeah. All right, call me up tomorrow at 9 o'clock and do your Elvis set. Okay. I've got more comments about that than anything. was the music but there was no one around to hear it 
As the population grew in numbers, music grew in popularity. Man invented the radio and the phonograph. High fidelity made quite a splash. But it was full stereo sound that made the explosion. there was nothing new on the horizon. Announcing the latest achievement in home entertainment, the power of sight video, the power of sound, MTV Music Television. This is it. Welcome to MTV Music Television, the world's first 24-hour stereo video music channel. Now, just moments ago, all of the VJs and the crew here at MTV collectively hit our executive producer, Sue Steinberg, over the head with a bottle of champagne, and behold, a new concept is born. The best of TV combined with the best of radio. Your favorite tunes are never too far away anytime you tune in. I'm Mark Goodman, and I'll be here this time every weeknight with the latest concert information and music news. Now, starting right now, you'll never look at music the same way again. We'll be right back to introduce the other VJs and the other folks who are going to be with us on MTV. Today, almost every time you play a recording, turn on the radio, or go to the movies, Dolby Noise Reduction has helped make the sound more real. I'm Alan Hunter. I'll be with you right after Mark. We'll be covering the latest in music news coast to coast here on MTV Music Television. I'm Martha Quinn. The music will continue nonstop on MTV Music Television, the newest component of your stereo system. I'll be with you right after Alan. Well, all right. I'm J.J. Jackson, and I'll be sitting in with the latest video music performances the way they were meant to be. That's in stereo on MTV Music Television. You'll never look at music the same way again. Hi, I'm Nina Blackwood, and I'll be with you after J.J. right here on MTV, the world's first video music channel, all day, all night, in stereo. Are those guys the best? We all are so excited about this new concept in TV. We'll be doing for TV what FM did for radio. And let's get into it right now at MTV. Television used to be called the vast wasteland. That was before music television, MTV. On MTV, 
I hope you're watching us in stereo. I hope you have us on in stereo. Or maybe you're planning to hook up soon. If you are, we got something to help you keep MTV at your fingertips. It's the MTV Dial Position Sticker. Stick it on your stereo dial and it marks the exact spot where our sound comes in. For your dial position sticker, it doesn't glow in the dark or anything, but it's very handy. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Are we on about 15 minutes? This is incredible. Hi, I'm Kevin Cronin from Mario Speedwagon. Don't miss us in concert. In stereo. This weekend on music television, MTV. You'll never look at music the same way again. Not only am I real excited that my very favorite sneakers could be here with me tonight, but uh, we are all very excited here at MTV to be bringing you the best music all day, every day. But we're also going to cover the music world from coast to coast, and we do mean that. All 50 states, every day, we're going to have special reports for you from across the nation on almost any subject that relates to music. Now, to start us off on this nationwide coverage, we've got Bob McLean with a look at the Ramones and their triumphant return to their original starting place right here in New York City. Back in 1974, when glitter rock was the rage, a group of sullen pizza addicts came roaring out of the suburbs to take New York by storm. The group, the Ramones, the original prophets of punk. Seven years later, MTV Music Television was there when the group celebrated their homecoming and their fans were ready to rock, having waited in line all day. Obviously, the fans love the Ramones, but how do the Ramones feel about their fans? I want to do anything to make them think that you're like, you know, crummy. You got to always live up to like a certain esteem put the name of the band on a pedestal and kind of live up to it's it. It's very important for you to let them it's down. Like, like Hell's Angels or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, you know? It's just, uh, you don't want to let any fans down. In New York, this is Bob McClay for MTV Music Television. All right. Thanks, Bob. MTV's done for TV what FM did for radio. Call your cable company for details so you can stereoize your TV. Right now, it is time for more great music. I guess while the Ramones and MTV rock the country, Sticks rock the paradise. Dear Atari Anonymous, my son Boris has a missile command problem. My mission in life is to save all of mankind. Lately, my daughter has developed a similar problem with Circus Atari. Now with video pinball, my husband is acting funny lately. With Atari games so ingenious, so involving, so intense, I ask you, Atari Anonymous, is this problem contagious? Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! First 24-hour video music channel in full stereo sound. Music Television MTV.